This broadcast is intended for a mature audience so that I can swear. You're listening to The Red Hour, a Star Trek podcast with Rusi, often wrong, Kapadia. And Colin, Harcourt Fenton, Mud Campbell. Seasnake. Yes. Welcome. Hello. Uh, we're here together uh, to discuss another Star Trek episode. Uh, today we watched Day of the Dove. Correct. What season? Three. Episode? 18. <laughs> you don't right. know. It could be yeah, 18. Yeah, fine, fine, fine. It's not. It's like six um, Yeah, so uh, did, did you have a good time? I mean, yes, but only because, like, you know, just the bare, merest fact of me watching Star Trek is, like, on some chemical level, pleasurable. Yes. But the episode brought me no specific pleasure. Yeah, so what were, you, what were your feelings on the episode then? Uh, it was, you know, uh, it was dumb. Uh, I think I should hold off on any specific complaints till we do like a rough pricey or synopsis of the episode. Hmm. Okay, fine. Yeah, I, I also have not the highest pri- yeah, reservations. Uh, okay, let's begin uh, with the synopsis then. Okay. So, okay, fine. They, I don't know, like, actually, in this one, one... Did you kind of tune out as well? Shut the fuck up for a second. <laughs> in this one case, uh, I, I, I agree with the Colin theory, which... Well, I, not, totally I, I know what your theory is. Which is that um, there was not enough... I guess, of a story for the the whole episode. And yet, they managed to, like, really rush things at the beginning of the episode. And it's like, you know, not, not that much happens in the whole episode, but yet they're constantly, like, just sort of rushing around from scene to scene. And it is a little bit jarring. Uh, because, I don't know, normally there's, like, there's there's more substantive stuff they have to cover. But this, this episode, so they beam to a planet, their guns are already drawn, and you're like, oh, you know, why are their guns drawn? Um, and then and then they start doing um, what's that thing called it when you just sort of like uh, give a, a voice over, like you explain what's going on expository yeah they just get this exposition where they say uh, we were called here that's why we have our guns out and there's like a colony that, that's supposed to have been massacred here and we can't find any evidence of them and then there's this alien in the background and it's doing that weird whistle that they have for certain aliens it it's not a whistle it's like a, a siren it's like a siren you know that siren I mean yes I do I guess but I didn't hear the siren yeah, when they, whenever they showed the creature, it was an energy being who floats around and has colorful... Yeah. Um, are you sure the siren wasn't just implied? No, the, every time they showed it, they had, they had a siren kind of noise. Alright. Alright, fine, whatever. Fine, you did the, the noise then. What was it? Well, the noise that they didn't have, you mean? You're like... saying that there was no <laughs> alien noise? There, there was no alien noise? There was like a very faint... I, I honestly would have to go back, but oh I did not... Oh my god, how could you not notice that? It was like a siren every time they heard it. I was more focused on what it looked like visually. Okay, fine. Anyway, the no, point visual, is, the, I, I the point is, they cram movie. a lot of stuff into that first scene, and it's it's just way too jarring because, you know, they're they're sort of like you know, uh, running around with their guns drawn, talking about you know why they're there, establishing a lot of stuff really fast, establish stuff really fast, and then they, they they contact the ship above, and the ship is like, wait, there's Klingons here, and they're like, right, the Klingons, they're the ones who are behind us, and then all of a sudden the Klingons are on the planet and just sort of run out. And despite the fact that everyone on the away team has their guns drawn, they're taken completely unawares <laughs> yeah. from the side by these other guys with their guns drawn, and then one of them just like punches Kirk to the floor. <laughs> anyway, it's all like really rushed, seemed unnecessarily so. I, okay, for once, uh, your yes, assessment sir. of what my assessment was uh, was right in the money. Because okay, yes, fine, those yes. are all my basic complaints. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Anyway, so then they, um, and then this thing on is like, uh, you have, I can't remember. He accuses him of, of doing something or other, and. Kirk counter accuses the Klingon. He accuses him of like uh, basically damaging their ship or yeah. something, and like killing most of his crew. Yeah, somehow, yeah. even though we don't really, really see any evidence. Yeah, of that. Exactly. I don't understand that fully. Anyway, but then he's like, he's like, he's like, okay, since you fucked my ship, I'm taking yours, and uh, 
and then Chekhov loses it and says, you killed my only brother, Pyotr. Anyway, and then they start torturing Chekhov with uh, a cheek torture device. <laughs> <laughs> Which they just have in their pockets. Um, <laughs> actually, Chek- Chekhov gets... Uh, tortured a lot. He gets tortured probably more than anybody. Cause, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, okay, no, in, the in the original series, series yes. In the original series, but maybe, you know, if I can mind anything... Harry Kim, case, I think, gets the, uh, gets the award. Oh, Jordy, Jordy as well. Fuck off. Jordy gets tortured a lot, is he? Generations. Think about it. Generations in the... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Generations in that one Robin episode, right? I'm pretty sure there's additional ones. Anyway, but... The, the, and the, the Klingons. You know, but the thing with Chekhov is maybe he doesn't get tortured that much, but he, he does a lot of, like, just, like, screaming. So, uh, there's the episode where uh, he... Uh, where the, the Deadly Years, where he's, like, being... Uh, they inject him with something to cure him, and he just sort of screams as he's being, like, held down on the medibed. Then there is um, the Mirror Mirror episode where he's like a put in the agony booth. Yeah, yeah, put in the agony booth, and he just he just screams and you know rides in the agony booth. And then this one, he's like writhing on the floor with the uh, the, the cheek device. I don't know. It's just it's, I get a visceral thing every time he starts screaming. It's like man, I've seen this so many times. And of course, screaming uh, when he's being infected with the city instrument. Yeah. I okay, mean, I mean, normally, normally he's acting he's acting annoying. <laughs> Kind of like I'm gratified by him screaming. Anyway, <laughs> so for his screaming to his act. Anyway, so but anyway, well, anyway, so moving on. So uh, then uh, Kirk uncharacteristically is like, all right, all right, all right uh, stop torturing my, my guy. You win. You, you win. I'll give you a, a ship is yours. Yeah, I'll give you my the, the, the flagship uh, because I don't like seeing my you know my colleague tortured the, with the cheap thing. Uh, and everyone's like, no, don't do it. And then he's like, uh, he calls Spock. He's like, Spock, uh, you know, we're bringing some guests on board. And the Klingon's like, no tricks. Or, sorry, I can't do his accent, but it's basically the same as Christopher Lloyd in uh, Star Trek Three. And Kirk's No like, tricks! No, yeah, exactly. And anyway, Kirk's always fucking with his game. Um, but uh, then he... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is, so then, yeah, so, so then he, he tells Spock that, and then as he's lowering his hand, you know... He presses, uh, he presses the orange button. He presses the orange which button. Which is the code for secretly Klingons. Yeah, well, yeah, code for just trouble of ruin. And then, uh, and then you know, they, they, Spock beams him aboard, but he holds the Klingons in, in the transporter until security can get down there. And they, Which is the first time they make use of uh, the, the, I want to say, the Scotty trick, of just like holding someone uh, perpetually in like a buffer. Is that true? I don't believe any other instance where they've done. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, and then he does the thing of making them materialize facing the other way, as an insult. Yeah. So they face the wall. Yeah, yeah. Um... Anyway, so then uh, they, they put the Klingons, uh, you know, in, in the brig. Uh, this alien being uh, starts to uh, create conditions for them to fight, and they fight. Basically, you know, it it, uh, it causes uh, weapons to appear out of nowhere. They're all swords. You know, the standard. The standard. The standard. <laughs> the Klingons and humans start fighting, and eventually they figure it out, and uh, they they decide they have to end the, end the, end the fighting to get rid of this thing, and because it's an emotional vampire, feeds off uh, hate and anger, uh, and then they, they they laugh it off the ship, and then abrupt end. There's a synopsis, Cam. That was that was a pretty pretty quick. Uh, okay, fine. Now, now, now give me your, your, your feelings. Okay, so uh, well, I mean, you know, I guess I'll I'll start at the start, and uh, I think you can guess what uh, what word I have underlined and circled. <laughs> all, right, all right, that's right. Yeah, fine. This will be a stretch, but go ahead. Vietnam. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, uh, the comparisons are clear and obvious, and obviously I don't yeah. even have to get into one. Actually, actually, you know, okay, fine. This one is slightly Vietnamese, although nowhere near as. As Vietnam is a private little war, but probably second in the whole series. Possibly, but again, I'd have to go back and do a formal, 
analysis for each episode's individual relation to, to, to Vietnam. <laughs> but the, but okay. this is this is pretty Vietnam in that like they you know uh, well yeah, they, they didn't outright say Gulf of Tonkin, but they they, they talked about uh, the idea of a, a false flag operation. Uh, no, Campbell. So, okay, now well, you're overstepping. I I obviously not. <laughs> they 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 specific made specific reference to it uh, to a war being started. Uh, through through deception, uh, basically to, to egg on both parties and uh, draw draw right. two unwilling parties into a conflict. Okay, then, fine, fine, fine. Okay, but anyway, yeah, so they, they talk about how you know you know war is is, is useless, and, and they talk about how all you need is uh, a set of you know convenient ideologies, nationalism, racism, etc. Bigotry, yeah. bigotry, a lot of stuff that uh, you know plays a part in the Vietnam War. So and America, kudos to you, Campbell. You found another way to, you know. <laughs> That's all I want. Okay, but yeah. So, what do you think of the goddamn episode? Uh, I uh, no, yeah, like you said, it was like uh, it was it was like at best like two thirds of an idea, and even then, that's that's pretty generous. And uh, and like you said, like very rushed, like unnecessarily rushed at the beginning, and and slow to like like middling pace throughout. Yeah, and then rush and, at the end. Yeah, and like very very little actually happens, and 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 from and it's one of those things, right? There there is a science fiction concept there. Yeah, I like. Kind of stupid one, but whatever. Well, okay, but but, no, no, but, no, but how they implemented it with the writing. Okay, you got really slow. Campbell, you got my blood up. Don't fucking call it stupid. I uh, uh, I just did. <laughs> okay, the the idea of the colonel was decent, which is you know uh, an alien that, that that feeds off the emotions of other oh, beings. Okay, fine. Although they already had that with uh, Red Jack, Red Jack. Yeah, Red that's Jack. what I was thinking. Yeah, but it's like it's it's a combination of various types of scenarios we've seen before. Like in this case, it's like uh, a sentient energy being with purpose, who uh, basically can manipulate matter and energy, and uh, whose desire is to like you know uh, do the you know do the age old thing of like to put uh, put two insects in a jar and then shake the jar. Uh, yeah, no, but that no, but actually that's that's the part that is is good about this episode and. Uh, Shatner, Shatner does. Shatner takes a relatively weak episode and he and he elevates it big time, because he keeps you know, bringing like bringing up the idea of perpetual war and uh, coming back over and over and fighting and you know I just like he talks about he talks about like uh, he talks about this war in sort of like generational uh, terms. Yeah, obviously. generational terms and, and it's very epic and it sounds like uh, it's really overwhelming. It's, no, it sounds like like Sisyphus. Like it sounds like a Greek punishment. When in now. reality it's just a bunch of people brawling in a ship. And then, and <laughs> no, they no. They was framing it in terms of like a war. No, but in, but in the same way in that episode with the Lazarus, you know, where he, he conjures up the imagery of two Laz Lazarus is uh, fighting for all time. I think the plural of Lazarus is Lazarus. Whatever. My point is uh, uh, he does a good job of I guess, I guess stirring the imagination, and it is very Greek. Like everything he says is like is like evoking mythology in this thing. I think. So anyway, so I, I think Shatner and, elevates and, and it. You big think time. that was good? Yeah, big time. He, he, <laughs> that, that that's what makes it good is, is is when is when he just like he uses this whole situation to just talk about war, you know, and how. Yeah, how like sort twenty of, minutes into this thing, he's like wiping his brow. Uh, wiping his brow, be like, how many years have we been at this? You know, <laughs> this incessant war that neither side can remember how it started. Yeah. Uh, anyway, lots of good uh, Kirk speeches, uh, mostly towards the end. The beginning of this episode is, uh, I'm going to say, not the best. Because... Would you qualify everything that's out of Kirk's mouth as like a Kirk speech? Well, like he's, it's. I'm just amazed by like how 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 many really good, both well written and well acted sort of uh, lines he's given. I don't want to overtly color everything but I mean it's like I, I'm not going to outright disagree with you on principle like I always do perpetually forever 
But uh, but I think yeah, your takeaway about these things is very different because like I see all the same things happening as, as you do with with Kirk and Chatter, but I I don't uh, treat them the same way. And uh, you know, uh, in these specific instances, I don't think uh, I don't think Chatter did a really good uh, credit uh, to this episode with his with yeah, his acting or his, uh, or his speeches. I, I, I totally disagree. And also like. What I like is what time that they did have, they used in a realistic way for Kirk to be convincing somebody uh, who is like an opponent and somebody who you know doesn't share his like point of view, and he you know he takes his time and and he has to work at it. You know, in like other shows, they they, they, they gloss over things and they make them seem like unrealistic. But in this one, this for is instance, pretty unrealistic. Well, hold on. For in this, in this, so basically, you know, him and Spock, they figured out that this alien is basically playing them as like pawns to just fight in this endless war forever. And he's and he's, he's he's trying to convince one of their prisoners, uh, Kang's wife, um, of this fact. And she, even though she sees like multiple uh, bits of evidence that sort of like point to Kirk being right, she's constantly saying like, "I don't believe you. Don't trust your human." And he basically wins her over with like repeat attempts. And then same thing when when he, he appears in front of Kang. He's like Kang's not sort of like won over like that. They have to like fight, and then, and then as they're fighting, he's trying to like you know the same way he was trying to explain to the the children in Mary. He's like he's like trying to explain, um, you know. He's got like a sword to his throat. No more lava. Yeah, he's like got a sword to his to his throat, and he's like describing what their future is going to be like. And he's like he's like he's like you know we'll just, we'll just go on bloody year after bloody year. I'm actually quoting from a different episode, but basically <laughs> you get the point. And uh, yeah, and then like it's it's good, and then, and and then like essentially like they're looking at they're staring at the alien above them, and then Kirk like whips his head around, and he's like you know uh, just like staring intently at the the alien with like super intensity and he's just like and then he throws his sword away and he's like he's like he's like go ahead stab it through the heart through the brain next time i'll be you you know he's just like he's like out of breath sweaty and like it's good good convincing and anyway then he then he turns you know he turns gang it's true he definitely convinced me of someone who was out of breath and sweaty <laughs> I, I saw that in him he, he, he projected okay fine what did you like you sons of bitch okay well i still haven't really even begun to enumerate the stuff i don't i i only got as far as vietnam <laughs> it's right, he said one word. Okay, so so at the beginning, uh, like yeah, like like you said, it was it was so rushed. Like uh, the fact they beat up the planet, the fact there was ostensibly a colony there, and you know from that one point of vantage, and their their extremely small like you know uh, uh, like search of the uh, the planet, which covered like you know a couple square feet, yes. they determined that the that the colony's gone, and the only thing that's left is dust. Like how did you know? It's like why, why is that the dust of the colony? How do you how do you know this stuff? Just like regular dust. Yeah, it's true. It was, it was rush. And like, it's like everyone's dead. It's clear. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they have like cursor like uh, sort of, behind that rock. Yeah, exactly. He just sort of like uh, you know bends down and picks up a bit of sand. He's like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not detecting anything through these veins. Yeah, just like, <laughs> just like, uh, just like in uh, Arena when they beam down to the uh, that planet and uh, with like a second, he, he knows like the entire planet's been wiped out. There's no survivors, you know. Based, oh, on, his, like, yeah. based on the fact that like a thing, the distance is like smoking and like no one came to greet him. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, you know, Campbell, that, that's called situational awareness, and I think you made the right call. And it was it was it was accurate given what he knew. I just liked how fast it was. They just they, they just sort of like beamed down and like he, he turned his he cocked his there head no slightly. Fires. And he sort of like, Cess has been destroyed. Uh, <laughs> we're at war. Cess is three. Okay, fine. Anyway, so, uh, anyway, so yeah. So, um, uh, so, yeah, so they get down to the planet. And then immediately, once they're assaulted uh, by the Klingons, uh, okay, th this is, it's, I'm maybe what you call a tiny bit conflicted or just ambivalent. Because yeah. this is a thing I don't like about the episode. Yeah. But I do enjoy it because it's funny as hell. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but yeah, but yeah, like, like, like you said, uh, they just like, 
you know, the, uh, the, a group of Klingons just like run in from, uh, from off camera and immediately take up marks like within like uh, a foot of all their uh, Federation counterparts. And Kang just like, str- I, I love the way he strides up to, uh, to Kirk constantly and then like slaps him in the face. It totally looks like, uh, you know, like two, uh, two crews doing a dance off, you know? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And it just did not come off as like, you know, uh, either military or tactical uh, in that sense. It's just like, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, in general, like the uh, I mean, fuck, they, they, they obviously didn't have like uh, the budget and the skill and the uh, years of uh, experience that would later fall in Hollywood. But all the sword fighting scenes. just There sucked. was one moderately good, well choreographed sword fighting. You know, it's like one of the uh, uh, red shirts. Uh, yeah. The red shirts in the hallway. And if it's red shirts, if it's none of the main cast, you know, obviously, you know, you can hire people with like stage fighting experience, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was, there was only one even remotely well-choreographed scene. The rest of the time, it just looked too much like kids fighting with, like, you know, wooden swords, you know? Yeah, so low points in terms of tension. And, and, and yeah, and it's like, so, so the whole situation is pretty obvious from the get-go, right? Which I'm not really going to, like, you know, count against it because, well, whatever. It's like... You know, it's, uh, it's, it wasn't it's that obvious. Thing. I mean, it was obvious that the aliens were, alien was the one that was fucking yeah, well, with them, but it wasn't, no, 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 it wasn't it, obvious no, why. It was, it was super, it, uh, I think we can assume, because like from the get-go, you just, the, the, the thing we're made aware of in the first five seconds is like, uh, you know, someone's killed a lot of humans, and then the Klingons show up already pre-pissed that like someone has like, you know, done some kind of unspecified wrong to them. And we know it wasn't the humans because we saw what they did, you know? Yeah. And so like, you know, both parties come in pissed and like blaming the other of like, you know, starting a war, right? So yeah. that was in like the first six seconds. And then like, and then you see this like wibbly wobbly alien sort of in the distance. And All right, like, fine. All right, fine, fine. It's, it's, S- the semi- writing is on the wall. All right, fine, fine. The S- only semi-obvious. thing basically that, that's semi-obvious. The only thing that we, we had to like spend the episode learning or determining, right? Is like the motive of the, the specific, you know, energy being in question, you know? Whether or not the crew of the Enterprise and the Klingon ship were being fucked with for the purpose of science, uh, survival, or for fun, you know? Yeah. And in this case... Maybe it was survival. Like, like again, you said psychic vampire, and like, and and I think that's like probably a pretty good assessment in terms of like, you know, or you know, a, a determination that Spock made that was probably true that you know yeah. it needed some kind of like violent hostility to like survive. Yeah, as as, as a side, a bit of a as a side note here, even though I, I did claim that this was like a legitimate sci-fi concept, I don't like this concept. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's too stupid. It, I mean, emotions are stupid. Done it before, like, what, right? No, but it's also just stupid. Like, why would a being like Agreed. care? What, yeah. you know, what st- emotional state another being was yeah. in? Yeah. And like, unless it's a cat, and yeah. I fucking hate cats. And like, you know, what good is a was is a species that thrives off the hostility of others? Like, it can't even survive in like a desert alone for like you know twenty minutes. You know, it's like what happened? You know. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 too hokey. You know that it. Uh, and we have just like yet another example of right a, a pure energy being who who wants to like experiment. Uh, you know, with with the crew for like unspecified reasons. You know, it's like kind of like. You know, uh, it's it's very excalbionic with like uh, a semi Melcott and like a half Trelane and like a reverse Baylock. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's just a super contrived situation that like is never is never explained or you know. Yeah, no, it was it, I guess a little bit convenient at this and, stage in the series to use yet another energy being. Yeah, and the fact um, that like all the inanimate objects keep uh, getting replaced with like you know specifically Earth, uh, uh, you know medieval weapons. Not to like, mention a claymore. Uh, yes. Scott. And, you know, it's like... Although there was no samurai sword for the other guy. I, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I okay, mean, either way, it was just, you know, it was just, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, yes. Uh, and... Uh, well, one, thing, one thing that struck me as a little bit other odd... Other things, continue. One thing that struck me as a little, a little bit odd was the fact that uh, when Kirk and... Uh, so so there's like a good scene where uh, Kirk and Scotty and Spock are fighting, and I'll discuss that, that scene in a, again in a second <laughs> just for the quotes. 
Um, but then eventually they sort of work it out amongst themselves that they got to find this alien and, and, and uh, try and find out what it wants. And um, Kirk and Spock are walking around. They find the alien uh, and they look up at it as they discuss its its motives. And at no point does uh, Kirk try to like just talk to it. No, he, just he, he did very briefly. Did he? No, he never said. Well, I, I don't know if it was like rhetorical talking to it, but he was like, what do you want? You know, and like. Did he? Yeah. I, I kind of feel like he just he just talked to Spock around it. I just thought it was weird that like all other, you know, for instance, I don't well, know. He, he was, didn't do any like, pleading. So, so, no, it. but it was, just, it was just like, it was just weird that because like, you know, when they found the, the, uh, the Horta, you know, even though the Horta had like gone around like fucking like killing tons, killing of, people. tons of people, uh, you know, when, when the, 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 the miners were like, we're going to kill it. He's like, whoa, whoa, kill it. You know, like this is, it's just doing what it needs to do to survive or whatever. Oh, actually, that's not entirely true. I guess Kirk was on board with killing it at first, and then he found out that it was like just sort of protecting its eggs. Anyway, I guess I guess it's just weird, you know, given like the the Star Trek uh, philosophy or the Federation philosophy that they would, you know, just sort of say the disparity in their first. Well, contact no, but procedures? The, exactly, yeah, the, just the fact that they would find a being that like happened to be into like you know negative feelings, and they're like, oh, so it's an evil being. We should kill it because it's an evil <laughs> being. If it was into like you know sunshine and, and lollipops and like good feelings, then we'd be like, oh, let's communicate with it. Let's establish ties. I don't know. That would be a pretty uh, think about that. Like some kind of weird creature who like who needs to feed off like pleasant uh, emotions. So he like you know against their will collects all these beings and force them to be with each other and like force them to be happy. That sounds kind of insidious. It doesn't. Yeah, actually, that, think? Uh, yeah. actually, actually, that that that, w- that would be kind of fun. Uh, yeah, maybe they, be... maybe they could have thrown that into generations, and so like the Nexus would have had like a being in the middle. <laughs> I feel like talking about Generations, by the way, just because I, I, I've been watching it. Uh, and, uh, man, I had so many hopes for that movie. <laughs> that, anyway, um, one of the things that made me think of Generations, other than the fact that I just saw it, was um, when the Klingons turn off the power to the, uh, the bridge, uh, the lighting changes. Harsh lighting, yeah. And it's, 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 it's much nicer, you know? Like, it's... it's I don't know, the... the I don't know. I I mean, uh, I don't want to sound like you know, some sort of fruity film guy, but the <laughs> heaven forbid. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Somehow, like the 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 scenes has a little bit more gravitas when, yeah, they're not bathed in like. Uh, when there's know, like sharp slashes of high contrast. Light yeah, exactly. You can see. Yeah, you can see a bit of shadow. You can. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it. Yeah, it sorry, it, Rizzi, you've, it made you've, me. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get to the bottom of this. But it, me, it, but, but, but it made me think of generations. And uh, there's so many things about Generations that I love, and, and so I just I, I, I dislike the fact that as a package it failed. But uh, one of the things, and they never repeat it in Star Trek or anything, is like the extreme darkness in the face. Is is, is no is like they had sunlight, they had like they had starlight through the windows in Generations. Like all the lights were off, and you just saw, you know, brilliant, um, you know, red end of day sun- sunlight on like Picard. And so like, you know, when he's talking, like you see half his face is in shadow and half his face has like sunlight on it. And man, it looks so fucking cool compared to that shitty, whatever that is, like fluorescent light that they have everywhere or that. So Rusi, uh, you appreciate an element of film based on its lighting. Does that mean you have to turn in your man card? <laughs> well, uh, let, me I'll think, let, you think let, about right, let me think about that, Campbell. Um, anyway, but man, just as a side side note, man, why don't they fucking do that in like more sci-fi? Just natural fucking lighting. Why is natural lighting so much fucking better than uh, than artificial lighting? In the studio. No, natural lighting space. can natural lighting can exist with contrivances like being next to a star. 
Well, it's fucking awesome. Like they should do it more just because it looks so fucking cool. But I mean, you're just you're overlooking the primary difference, which is just like you know the difference of Star Trek on TNG, which is like you know TV lighting uh, and TV cameras versus you know movie lighting and movie cameras. Oh, because you mean basically you're saying it's really expensive to do. I it it's not you know it's, there's just like a difference between them. That's all. There's like you know. You know. Oh, it's expensive. Yeah, uh, too bad. Yeah, because man, fucking looks cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right, anyway, anyway, go on, Campbell. Uh, and anyways, when, when they uh, when they eventually do find uh, this uh, swirly energy being and they get close to it, uh, I think it was basically just like a McDonald's hamburger lamp. Was like <laughs> oh, oh is that really? I, no, I mean that's just my assessment, but that, that's what it reminded me of. And like you know, I don't know why it's like when when they when they show the alien, it's like uh, oh well, no, that's not entirely true. I was gonna say that it's just like you know white and kind of bluish swirling stuff, but then like you know. When I guess when it gets angry, it like starts glowing red. No, when other people get angry. Well, so yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine, whatever. It's not not super sophisticated. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you want there. Um. Um. Well, a couple of minor things. Um. It was just interesting that Kirk, who in so many episodes has been like, uh, I mean, for instance, actually, fuck. Now that I think about it, <laughs> this is like another trope of Star Trek, but like. <laughs> But uh, this this whole thing of making people like fight, it, it's actually the same as, or kind of like the reverse of that. Remember when they went to the planet with those other energy beings <laughs> who stopped the Klingons and the humans from fighting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, remarkably. Aaron Mercy. Yeah, Aaron Mercy is remarkably similar. It's just like a reverse. It's of that. a reverse of yeah, that. Yeah. So that's <laughs> those beings yeah. couldn't stand uh, uh, <laughs> a- a- aggression. But anyway, in that episode, Kirk is like he's dying to fucking commit war atrocities. Yeah. And in this one, there's like unprompted. A, yeah, unprompted. In this one, there's like an energy being like begging him to commit war atrocities, and he's the one who's like putting the brakes. He actually cracks. He actually, it's Spock cracks first, like in terms of like hostility, which is crazy. Like that Spock is like more willing to like fucking, you know. Oh, you mean in that one instance where, where Scotty attacks him and he tries to like yeah. uh, go, go to go to stab uh, or like. Yeah, 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 and yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and that, anyway, away. and that that has one like one one of my favorite quotes, and I don't care if you if you say it's misinterpreted, but it's just where Scotty says, "Get your fucking hands off me," <laughs> which was uh, it was it was a big part of our uh, our lives growing up. Yeah, that uh, was very the, good, and I like the fact that uh, I just I, I liked I liked everything that uh, uh, that they said when they were like it was believable when they were showing people you know getting hostile and angry and like amped up and, and like check off and, and, and like, being angry at like the death of a brother that he never even had yeah no and, and just like scotty like uh you know calling uh spock a half breed and then when spock freak. is yeah and then and, and then he's like uh yeah then transfer out freak <laughs> um some good stuff there and then and then of course kirk uh yeah just just like the way he like uh he manages like the boiling passions within him uh, and he, he sort of like pushes the, pushes the two guys apart and and no sooner has he pushed them apart that he starts like realizing like how affected he's been. Yeah, and, and then he, he makes and, it about himself. Yeah, he, made, he makes it about himself. He just turns away to the camera and he's like he's like he's like look at me, look at me. I'm insecure. <laughs> exactly. And then he starts. I really thought the the rigging of his hands was overwrought. It was like oh yeah, it, he does do that a lot. It's eh? like it. I I feel like it's like a, a a week one acting class sort of way of like you know telegraphing some kind of inner insecurity that uh, you know he he really could have. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I have walking on the mind because I watched uh, The Dead Zone uh, last night. But uh, I uh, compare that to like uh, walking style where everything is like, you know, ever so slightly. It's like everything is so subtle and nuanced, you know, hmm. and it's like it, every single emotion, everything is there. But it's all just like it's only at like level one, you know. Hmm. And uh, whereas Chatter, he's like he's got he's, he's got to show everything so hard. Uh, just because he feels everything hard. I, I he's he's definitely he's trying super hard to act. But no, 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 Campbell. No, he's sometimes just, the trick is to just do it. 
No, 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 no. He's just a star that burns really bright. All right, I'll. Uh... Um. Do you want to know my favorite quote? Well, hold on, hold on. Just one, one, one more thing that uh, I know it's a, a trifle, but uh, you know, so so many times, like just the way Spock, uh, sorry, Kirk says the word Spock, you know, and he does it too with with, with uh, McCoy when he goes, he goes, he goes bones, bones, uh, and in this case, when he's trying to stop stop Spock from uh, hacking at uh, Scotty, he goes Spock. Spock! <laughs> I just fucking love it. Um, okay, okay, now you do one. My, my favorite line is uh, the uh, the McCoy line, where he says, uh, who cares who started it? We're in it. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, actually, uh, McCoy's got good intensity in this one, where he's like, uh, filthy butchers. I, I, I thought that was uh, like... You don't keep hacking at a man when he's down. Like uh, his, his intensity. Well, you know, he... Uh, he 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 portrayed that really well. You know, just like you know, you 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 never doubted for a second that it wouldn't take much to like push Bones over the edge and just make him be like you know, just totally uh, uh, exasperated the situation. Just like you know, getting into his own like you know, little little uh, analysis of of, uh, uh, of of the war and just being all totally dire and totally over dramatic in terms of like it's like the world is ending, everyone's gonna die. There's no point, you know. Anyway, I like that. Yeah, it's true. No, he does. Uh, it's game over, man. It's game over. Um, but what about the fact that, okay, the whole thing is about like, you know, forcing humans and Klingons to fight and, uh, and, and obviously the alien used some kind of weird, you know, mental powers to like make people think and like alter their perceptions and like make them more angry and like, you know, uh, you know, uh, play on those as, as Spock said, like whatever baser animal instincts, you know? Yeah. 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 But like, don't you think they did themselves kind of a disservice by just going into that with, uh, with with Kang and in terms of uh, his 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 persona, because how do you rate Kang? How how, how do you, how do you feel about him as a commander? And, uh, and yeah, he and was good. He, he he was well played, you know, and like he he was well played. But don't you think it was like don't don't you think it was weird that for the purpose of the episode he was so like even handed and like uh you know not overly hostile and not like overly aggressive well and at this not, point like, at this point they hadn't like established the klingons as like existing literally only to fight. I mean that's true, yeah, and that, they maybe actually, got more cartoonish as they went like, along. I mean, I, I've said this before, but like, I, I think all these races having like one characteristic that they that they show, and the humans like you know showing every characteristic, I always thought was kind of stupid. I mean, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, but so, it's a, it's it's convenient, and I, I I did like the thing that they that they did, uh, you know, of like both sides talking about basically like spouting their own propaganda about you know about the other side and their misperceptions of the other side, you know, and that must have been like. You know, uh, probably fresh in the minds of, of a lot of the uh, the people who worked on the show who were like World War Two, you know, who were like, you know, must have remembered all the stuff that the Allies said about like maybe not so much the Germans, but like definitely the Japanese and stuff like that, and uh, what uh, what uh, what they likewise said about us, you know. Yeah. In terms of like, uh, it's like they're not like us, you know, they don't value life, you know. And I liked uh, I like that whole uh, bringing up of like the the both sidesism of like uh, uh, the tendency of like uh, each side to 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 dehumanize okay wrong word the other side <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I actually you know th- th- this this episode does show one of the reasons why you know uh, me and 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 those of my ilk like uh, sci-fi is because um i guess i guess you know if, i guess what you know if you want to get philosophical sci-fi is like is like a good venue for it uh and here you know you, every, every week obviously they they get put in these situations where they can be tested like morally in a way that is like you know not unique, unique. Um, and so and so anyway so I, I like the fact here that like they they can basically use every 
every sort of thing that they're being forced to do that they don't want to do as a way to like highlight you know just how like i guess evolved the federation is um and and sort of like what uh what men of character and like you know honor would do in these situations but for instance like i just like the fact that when uh when uh, you know there's there's like racism uh being sh- you know shown towards spock uh kirk is like that's what offends him the most is he sort of like spock even and he can barely say the words he's like even race hatred you know like for him like i just love that like that, that that he like really identifies like racism as just like the most the the most disgusting basis thing that he could possibly contemplate and it's or something, something that they, like something they haven't old even, and re- yeah something right? old and like they haven't even con- you know they haven't seen it in years and he's like could could we be like that fucked up that we would even contemplate like race hatred i love that and then uh, also, um, and again, just to show like how fucking honorable and everything people are, is that, you know, when Chekhov goes, you know, uh, tries to rape that Klingon. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Content wording. Yeah. Um, but uh, that like, like, like Kirk totally like loses it on him. I know, you know, that, you know, it's, I mean, that, that might be like standard, but they really emphasize, you know, that like Kirk is just sort of like you know, totally affronted by, by that. That, that, that Even crosses he, his line. They, that crosses his line big time. And he just starts like There's bitch no slapping. There's no right uh, way to, yeah, to hit a lady. Yeah, he just starts bitch slapping like uh, a Chekhov. And it's good. Uh, another good intense scene. And it lets you know uh, where he stands. It was, it wasn't, again, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to like give like a positive attribute to the way that particular scene was executed. But I did find it interesting how like, when when uh, Kirk pulls Chekhov off the uh, uh, the uh, the Klingons uh, Klingon captain's wife whose name I do forget uh, that uh, Marta. Uh, that uh, it's like his like the way he grips and assaults him is like both simultaneously like uh, like uh, neutralizing but also somehow you know because of the way he grabs his arm like somehow conveys like concern and how he's doing it like for his own good you know oh yeah, I don't yeah know. totally like after after, after, like, after he like he like he like uh, slaps him into unconsciousness he goes like check off and he picks him up like a little baby and he like holds him in his arms and he's just sort of like you just see him like you know wander off like is this what we're meant to be you know like for all eternity and actually there were some lines in here that they just sounded like shakespeare you know well t- okay shakespeare slash a movie trailer <laughs> where he's like he's like stardate Armageddon, and then he just, he just says, "We are doomed to spend eternity in bloody violence." You know, and, uh, <laughs> some good stuff. And I, yeah, again, I think he was maybe being a bit overdramatic with that, but uh, I, I could see how he would, he would do that in that situation. What about what about how they uh, ended up resolving the situation uh, well, by basically shaming the alien off the ship? Yeah, so uh, I like that, but not. I mean, I, I find the the concept a little bit risible that you that this being is like whatever you know, into violence and uh, angry emotions and therefore frightened away by... <laughs> by and can be conquered by, like, uh, a temporary cessation of hostilities and people, like, laughing at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I do like the fact that, like, Kirk is, like, such a consummate professional that, like, you know, okay, like, y- you give him the rules and the rules are you better fucking start, like, feeling good or, you know, this alien's going to, like, you know, destroy your ship and kill your crew. Uh, and he just turns it on. He's like, that's what I got to do. And then so he just starts, like, laughing and... Um, you know, making wisecracks, and I, I just like the fact that he's like a he's like a true professional. I I find it really anticlimactic the fact that they uh, dealt with the alien in the same way that you would admonish a dog for like having pissed on the rug. <laughs> and, yeah. and and again, the whole thing of like it's the, so, so, so the, the the shared the shared laughing on the part of the uh, you know the Enterprise crew and the Klingons, like you know, kind of initially awkwardly, but then like both joining in and doing it together, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and I, like, I I do like the fact, even though there's some deniers here, but I like the fact that. Uh, Kang, uh, you know, he took the opportunity to slap 
um, Kirk's back in like a semi-playful way, but he actually does it hard, like so much that he knocks Kirk forward. And Kirk is about, is like turns around and is about to belt him, but then he's like, wait. So I just gotta... to be clear, do you think that was like a specific acting choice on Shatner or do you think like Shatner was like uh, no, legitimately... No, I... Like uh, that that was written into the spec. Okay, so, so that the, was that was Kirk responding to it, not Chapman. Yeah, that was Kirk. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was that was written in. It was meant to be funny and it succeeded. It was funny. Uh, and uh yeah, I guess uh what else happened? Um they defeat it and uh and then the episode quickly ends and they both go on their separate ways. Well, they don't even so show them going like, their separate ways. Yeah, it's like they're in the middle of implied, fucking Yeah, they're on their way to the edge of the galaxy. What are they going to do? Oh yeah, what about that? What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's like the the fact that like both crews are like trapped. Okay, what do you, uh, and they destroy the 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 Klingon ship again because it was like leaking radiation and it was like creating a hazard. Uh, that seemed yeah, dumb. No, that didn't seem dumb. That was fine. But like to me, it seemed dumb. No, that was, it was fine. Like, it was just a way to like preserve the action into like you know on in one place and then for some reason the alien like decides to hurl the ship towards the edge of the galaxy. No, what? that was fine because the, the the premise of that was that they they couldn't communicate with Starfleet. The real reason they couldn't communicate with Starfleet is because the alien didn't want them to. But but he seemed but, unnecessary. But no, well, the alien gave them a uh, a pretext. It was like, oh, it must be this. Uh, the ship is emitting too much radiation. No, it was fine, and it was a way for the alien also to cleverly, cleverly. force cleverly force the remaining Klingons onto the the Enterprise. So to me, it was just like unnecessary. The the stakes they were put in, you know, it's like it's like both sides being forced to uh, to fight with each other, and you know they're they're deprived of conventional weapons, and they keep being like you know presumably like resurrected after being killed. Uh, you know, uh, and also, you know, the alien, like, you know, uh, decide to, like, you know, light small things on fire randomly. It didn't, but the point is, like, this is, like, unnecessary additional stakes that, that didn't really alter the situation in any way, you know? No, I disagree. It was consistent and uh, helped explain the story. It did not at all. <sighs> all and right, again, I like, and why they would even mention, like, you know, being hurled out of the galaxy. Okay, I, I admit at this point that I'm not going to give it quite so hard a time for the whole, like, leaving the galaxy thing because I've, as as you know, I brought that brought this up uh, quite a lot, but uh, I've I've I recently mollified uh, my position uh, because I think in the past I've uh, uh, your anti uh, galaxy exits or no well I mean yeah uh, unnecessary galaxy exits yeah but in the past I've been like very anti them anti them but uh, but now I realize I guess no I like it because I, it's, I, I it's, guess I just didn't think about, of like it's all about the vastness of like space and there's nothing more frightening than the loneliness of dead space between galaxies. I mean I suppose so. Yeah, you you suppose right. <laughs> There's, a, uh, but uh, uh, to me, I think it's like it doesn't bug me as much. I because uh, I think in the past I I uh, I didn't allow myself to focus quite as much on like the disc aspect of the uh, the galaxy and how it's like you know uh, you're, you're, yeah you, you can go not, up and down a lot easier than you can go up. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like cross the whole distance of the galaxy by anyway. So whatever. That's just my. I'm just I'm just am- amending uh, uh, my 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 previously stated opinion regarding the galaxy. Yeah. Okay, fine. So, yeah, I mean, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, it's like I thought it was – I thought there was parts of a potentially good episode in there. But uh, overall, the execution was dumb. I thought the plot was dumb. And uh, the way stuff happened was kind of dumb. And in the end, uh, I was glad when it was over. Yeah. But it was – This is not one of my – This is not one of my, my, my favorite episodes, but there are – I like Michael plenty. Lanzar. There are plenty of good uh, quotes, like lots of good quotes, lots of intense scenes, uh, and I, I enjoyed all of those. Is is way, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, way I'm, too I'm, close. I'm, to I'm gonna a give variation. it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it high points for for just for those, just because 
I mean, I, my, my, my world would be quite a bit more empty if I didn't have, uh, you know, those things to draw upon. <laughs> I sometimes I worry, this, I, I worry about the emptiness of your world, Rizzi. <laughs> okay, um, message end. Yeah, I guess so. I guess uh, that, that concludes uh, our synopsis of Day of the Dev. I'm, I'm just stalling at this point. Exactly. How long was that, Teppy? You have been listening to The Red Hour, a Star Trek podcast with Rusi Kapadia and Colin Campbell.